at no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. All right, as always, that's just for fun. We always have rational thoughts, sometimes some funny thoughts. Some great thoughts today in today's show for Author Brand. Hel uh, welcome. Uh, my name is Doug Crow, host of the Author Brand Show. Today's guest has a very unique story. I'm going to tell you, I've met a lot of people in business. Um, she holds a master's degree in social work from Ford University and a bachelor's degree in business from Bellevue. She's passionate bringing her business background and love of people to her community. But what's very really interesting about this guest is that she's focused on cybersecurity and she works on like some nonprofit boards. So hopefully the nonprofits are secure. So without further ado, let's welcome our guest, uh, Esther Deutsch. Did I pronounce the last name right, Esther? Esther Deutsch, is that right? Perfect. Yeah. All thanks right. so much. Uh, thanks for that intro and thanks for having me. I'm so happy to be you here. Bet. Pleasure. So what can, uh, why should people stick around and listen to us today for the next 20, 25 minutes? What are we going to, what juicy things are we going to give them? Well, hopefully we'll get to uh, share a little bit about the landscape now when it comes to cybersecurity and uh, IT and hopefully uncover uh, people who may need some uh, some boosts on that. All right. Cybersecurity is a pretty hot topic when it shuts down um, oil refineries and uh, and strips people's secure um, information from, from credit cards and whatnot. What about the, uh, the small person, the enterprise, the smaller company? I mean, the big ones, yeah, they should have, you know, enterprise solutions. Is there a lot of danger for the guy with a, you know, a solopreneur or a person with 10 or 20 employees? Yeah, you know, we get this question a lot, especially because our primary target client are uh, companies like us. We have about 22 employees and a lot of our clients are in that range or a little bit, just a little bit bigger. So not yeah. quite, you know, the Microsofts of the world. And um, believe it or not, on so in some ways, these type of businesses can actually be a greater target because sometimes the barrier for the uh, bad actors to get in is actually, you know, lower because they don't have as much protection or aren't as aware or know how crazy it is out there and how much they really do have to be protected. So we do get that question a lot um, and we can get more into it later. But I think that part of it is just that, you know, a lot of small businesses think that they need to have put a lot of money in or do too much over their head where it may not even be worth it for them financially. Yeah. Um, when the reality is it's actually not that true in the sense that there's a lot of little things you can do. Some of them don't even cost money. It's just about training and awareness to right, right. keep yourself safe. You know, there's been obviously, as you know, a huge move from you know, server-based platform stuff to the cloud computing. How much does that impact the cybersecurity industry? I think a lot. I think a lot of it also has to do with the environment when it comes to COVID-19 um, and mm -hmm. just the landscape in that regard. A lot of businesses that were pre previously in offices are no longer in offices, not planning to ever go back, us being one of them. Um, and that's created a lot of opportunities on the cybersecurity standpoint and not necessarily in our favor. So we have to uh, react accordingly and make sure that we're- Okay, so the word opportunities, we can supplant the word danger there as well, right? Warning, warning, okay. I guess you could see that. Yeah, okay. All right, so give me give me some horror stories. I wanna hear like the craziest thing you've heard in the cybersecurity world where somebody got majorly hacked or something like that. I don't know about the craziest because unfortunately there's quite a few stories to share, but we did have the one- most, The most dramatic one, the one that <laughs> might've shocked you the most. Yeah, thankfully we've never gotten, uh, you know, hit. Yet. Yeah, yeah. I hate to even say it, but we did have one scenario recently where we had someone in our network who wasn't a client who got hit with a ransomware kind of out of nowhere. And they were sort of smaller, actually, speaking of which. And so they yeah. never really thought they had a need. And maybe they really didn't until they got hit. Right. Um, and then they called us and 
we helped them. Unfortunately, they had to pay the ransom. We had situations previously where we were able to, you know, navigate out of it or not pay that much. We hadn't had any like crazy stories, but wait, wait, um, wait, wait, hold back up. You ha they had to pay the ransom. They did. They had to pay the ransom. It was a, it was an enormous amount of money. I mean, we felt terrible. It was a friend, a friend of our CEO. So I, it was very personal. Um, we tried to help. You, wait, know, wait, what do you mean they had to pay it? They had to pay it in order to get back their data. And I don't even know if they were able to get everything. I think they actually got all their data back. So that was actually a better scenario because they paid the money, but at least they got their data. Um, yeah. And it, it happens like all the time. That's why I'm like, I could tell you, it's not something that's just like a one-off, unfortunately. And now we're actually working with them to improve their, their posture. And it's a shame because yes, like our services cost money and it's expensive. It would have been of course, way cheaper for them to, Right. just kind of do that and not pay this amount of money but i mean it's one of those gambles it's like insurance you know you don't okay. really know but we're not mentioning names here i mean come give me some perspective like how much how much data how much they had to pay i know i want to say they had to pay hundreds of thousands to million and i don't even know i don't know that i can find out i don't know the exact yeah. number yeah that's okay um, i just knew it was enough to make like people were asking about it who knew him in the community yeah <laughs> so um, I mean, yeah. and that could put somebody out of business, you know, I think fortunately for him, they'll get up, they'll get stronger from it and hopefully they won't get attacked again. But, um, you know, depending on the size of your company, it could be disastrous. And we said they have their, they, they stole it. So they had no backup I and mean, how's that work? So they didn't have an IT company of any sort doing anything, which is sort of what we came in to now do. Right. Uh, but that's what I'm saying. That's an example of like something, just having proper backups. And a lot of people think they have it, you know, I'll get on sales calls or calls with potential clients and ask them who's, you know, where they're backing up and it's, oh yeah, yeah, we're doing it. Our IT guy's doing it, but they don't actually have the visibility into it. So is it really happening? How often? And it's fine until you get hit and then you got to go retrieve it. You know how it is. And then you're like, oh wait, you, but you told me you were backing everything up. You weren't backing up my emails too, or three months back or, you know, so. Yeah. I mean, at a very micro level, I remember I was traveling once and I, uh, you know, left my laptop on the plane, got off on the jetway realize it and they wouldn't let me back on to look for it i waited out there and waited to you know everyone got on the plane and they sent some up there and it was gone some cleaning crew had taken it and i didn't have anything backed up and i was like i hadn't cried in public since i was six right so I'm like ah, oh, i just lost my whole life oh and, my god uh, we tried calling the airlines whatnot nothing happened but i had this different perspective at my level right this is not you know for big companies just solopreneur stuff but yeah. it was two or three years of my customers and stuff i've been working on and the only thing I could do after my tears had dried up was to like, okay, blank slate, fresh start. Right. You know, no, no emails to follow up on. If it was important, they'll contact me type of attitude. But now I've got dual backups, cloud and a, and a hard drive backup on my computer. So I got backed up in every couple of days in two places. So that's good. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So what's the, what's the, in terms of securing stuff, what, um, what do you recommend for these companies, 20, 30, 50 employees? What should they be doing besides a hard drive backup is kind of obvious. What else should they be doing? Sure. So something called MFA, multi-factor authentication and single sign-on, uh, besides for increasing security is also when it comes to managing passwords, which is yeah. an easy way for people to get in. You'd be surprised right. how many people use still use passwords or the same password for everything, even if it's a complex one. Um, so we actually... We run a webinar a month on different topics. We did one like last month on how to use single sign-on and how it works just to kind of demonstrate what an environment without it looks like and what one with it looks like to demonstrate the difference and how it helps protect you. So those are just like some simple ones. Um, like I said, there's also a lot of just 
awareness. Just like, yeah. I'll tell you, I'm not a technical person. I've, and since working at RCS, I've, there's a lot of things that I do now to protect myself and our, our environment that I would never have done as a layman, even though I consider myself semi-educated. I like to know things. There's just yeah. certain things that I learned from being around technical people and people who are cyber aware by osmosis, but that the layman or your employee that you think knows that. And like I said, I feel like people might think some of these things I would have known just because I have some sort of brain, but you really don't. Um, and right. just like putting a password on my phone. I never, ever, ever had that before. Now that we're working right. remote and I'm working remote. I mean, it's, I have to have that. And I have a password yeah. on my outlook and, um, and I'm sure like, I'm sure there's so much more risk as far as employees that people don't even know exist. Cause like we would have had it, you know, I would right. be. So. Right. I, I was talking to somebody just a couple of weeks ago about this topic and, you know, I don't know how to hack my way into any of them. I, I know these guys are really super, sophisticated with their algorithms and all that, all that jazz um <laughs> he said no the, the the biggest danger is not technical it's human and he gave me this story which i think you'll appreciate they were testing the security of this company they were a company like you saying we're going to test the security of your company go, okay fine we've got our firewalls and our stuff and our encryption he goes okay they left a usb drive in the parking lot oh, somebody Lord. picked it up went to the company computer and plugged it in. Yeah. And then of course the worm gets in and does all his magic. So it was like all the firewalls in the world won't prevent you from some person sticking something in there. Well, most people sticking it in the computer. I mean, how about, it. you never know when someone's gonna leave on bad terms, even if it's nothing yeah. you did, but what they take and what they take with them. And again, you know, sometimes I've seen it. I've seen friends of mine be like, look at, look, I could just walk away with this tomorrow. You know, not everybody is as loyal as you think, or you just want to protect yeah. yourself. You know, it's valuable assets that you worked hard to create. So why let, yeah. you know, take it away. And then just the, the people using public Wi-Fi. everyone's working remotely. Like you don't know where your employees are. And especially now, you know, many companies and managers are saying they're okay with not knowing, but that you have to realize what type of risk yeah. that could create from a, security standpoint yeah okay so i'm more interested now more that was just you know business talk that's great but i want to know about how a person so passionate about social work with a degree in social work working on nonprofits, it's in cybersecurity. those seems like completely different worlds here it's a few a few things i could tell you the first thing is that i quickly realized that with social work i couldn't help people solve their problems i could only help them live with them and when it came oh. to tech i'd watch the uh our amazing technicians answer answer the phone, get the problem and resolve it on the spot and complete the ticket. I wanted to complete people's problems. <laughs> I figured wow. we could still help people, but in a different way. Um, yeah. And so that's the that's the the nice answer. And the more practical answer is I was lucky enough to find an ad on Craigslist close to eight years ago. Uh, I was starting grad school and I was looking for a temp part-time gig. And then uh, <laughs> I started working at RCS and I just fell in love with the people and the culture. Yeah. And uh, I stayed ever since. Come on, Esther, let's be honest. There's no money in social work. We know the real. And, oh, the and that's, that's reason number three. I was just getting there. I was just getting there. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, you know, both really my dogs are They're way both too my, underpaid. Both my dogs are teachers and they're, they're underpaid. But I know a few friends have had it in social work. It's even horrible. It's like, yeah. it's really, really poverty wages. It's, it's crazy. And that's, you know, you don't do it for the money, you do it for the passion, I guess. But if anyone's listening to this that has uh ends with raising salaries for social workers and teachers, you know, we're we're all there to advocate. So yeah, I had some friends working with the homeless population, literally taking people yeah. off the streets in New York while I was in corporate. So I definitely 
I'm grateful for the. You know, it's it's a very interesting topic to me. I've done a book with a gal who talks about the the new currency of leadership, and she outlines like 20 other currencies other than money. All business revolves around the bottom line, the cash flow, the profitability. Nothing wrong with that. That's great. That's the engine that fuels our our culture, our society, our sure. industry, our innovations. Wonderful. But the, all these other currencies of you know community and service and culture and things which are hard to i mean it's so easy to look at a balance sheet it's really hard to say hey i took five people up off the street today and uh they've been off the street now for for three years running or adopted uh an orphan or something those are not um they're currencies but they're not easy to to measure i think maybe that's the reason i don't know yeah no it's a really good point i would say too like i still am very passionate about the nonprofit work. And like you said, if you want to go in that route with the money, I always felt like I wanted to ha you know, work a day job and so I could supplement what I'm doing at, at yeah. night and after hours on the nonprofit side financially. But uh, I also learned really quickly that there was plenty of room for social workers in the tech space and women in tech and women in cybersecurity yeah. and IT is not as common as you would think. Um, and I got to do a lot of a lot of advocacy work through the company, which is also one of the reasons I love this company because they do promote wow, that. Wow, that's a great point. So you're doing the Maya Angelou, you're being the change you want to see there with women in tech. Good for you. Try. Yeah, because it's yeah, like we also, really tiny, like single digit numbers, right? We haven't, we didn't have, I was the first full-time woman on staff actually. Um, and we've been around since 1999, I think possibly in the history of the company, but I'm not sure yeah. about that. But since my time and we've since now we have, I don't know, three, four women at least full time. <laughs> so that's it's, awesome. still, it's still are it's still like so low compared to the demographics and all like why is it why isn't it why isn't it half? There's so you many know, reasons about it. There's so yeah. many there's so much research about it. I'm always interested in reading about it. Um right. I don't know if you've if you've read Lean In by Charles Sandberg. I love that yeah. book. Um there's so many reasons for it and some of it is just practical which is sad but maybe that's part of the problem. But it's there's all sorts of contributing factors that they're saying is 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 the way it is. I mean, think about being the only female, first of all, in an organization. Somebody has to start and be that first one. And being first right. female in an organization is not easy. So that no. alone could be, you know, someone's got to change it. Yeah, absolutely. Good for you. I'm just thinking about that because there's, I mean, I'll go down this rabbit hole for a little bit. I mean, there's a lot of, <laughs> you know, there's always, there's always equality of opportunity. I think that's pretty clear in our country. We've had, you know, women vice presidents. We've had sure. female people in the, in the military and, and firefighters, mm -hmm. no problem. But there's still a, um, you know, a bell curve of a, you know, DNA of, you know, nurturing women, more women nurses than men and more firefighter men than women. So there's a there's always the exceptions to that. But the, there's a general sense that, you know what, for more physical work, I want to have a stronger firefighter to carry the, the 200 pound, 250 pound guy out of, out down the ladder. That makes sense. But when it comes to tech, I mean, come on, there's absolutely no physical or DNA thing there that would make it, um, why it wouldn't be 50, 50. I don't understand it. Yeah. I mean, part of the, I've involved with some organizations like tech girls and society yeah. of coders that are working mm -hmm. to actually bridge the gap. Mm -hmm. So I think the first step is getting more women to study these fields. And that, right. I think it starts there. Um, I could tell oh, you that there's, yeah, it's, there's not uh, equal number of men and women studying the field. So that might yeah. be number one. What one of my friends is doing tutoring in the STEM stuff for the um, science, technology and, and whatnot. And she's focusing on elementary education, mentoring um, kids there. And, oh, I'm, nice. and maybe she's focusing on girls. I don't know. 
but yeah so if you're if you're watching this and you're a parent or uncle or grandfather you know get your girls involved with some technology number one it's it's that's where all the money's going is tech ai machine learning all that and number two it's needed we need to balance it out it makes no sense to me 100 percent. yeah that's good advice so what, what kind of um you have a, a certain particular nonprofits that you like more than others what are you working with I like all nonprofit. I like helping people, however that comes. Um, that being said, so Society of Women Coders is a girl, uh, I think even a little younger than me, around my age, who started the organization a few years ago. And I'm so proud of her. Just last year, she took it full time. And that's her. She's actually paying her own way through with her organization, which is she used to work uh, for the UN, actually, in tech. She's a she's a dynamite. And um, wow. we met on a Facebook group for women in tech. Uh -huh. I will say the women that you meet in this space are rock stars, I guess, through the yeah. trailblazers. So I have met some incredible women doing this. Um, and yeah. she invited me to join this uh, mission trip to Belize to teach coding to middle school girls. And that's where we met the first time. And I helped run the trip. And it was incredible. And we've stayed in touch. So that's one of the organizations that I love being part of. I'm also Jewish. So I'm part of a couple of Jewish organizations, like Jewish National Fund. Yeah. I, I moved to Florida a few months ago. So I'm involved in the local chapter here. Uh, New York Special Olympics is close to my heart. It's for yeah. uh, special needs. Yeah, so I've gotten mm -hmm. a little bit involved with them. Um, trying to think what else I'm active with. I mean, honestly, whatever I could get involved with, you know, and I have time for it, I'm a yes. <laughs> so. Oh, boy, be careful what you wish for. <laughs> I've got a couple of things I'm working on. We need some help with oh, it. Yeah. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send you some some information. Absolutely. There's so many good ones. That I almost feel bad saying any because I think there's so many more that we can mention. Well, that, that yeah, I'll just tell you what it is right now. It's my show. I can do what I want. Yeah, please. Um, I've got a former NFL player who, um, you know, went through the whole, he came from the hood, broken home, no father, you know, stole money for food, the whole, all the things you can think about that will go wrong in his life. But one guy came into his life and, you know, encouraged him to do football, became an NFL Heisman Trophy candidate, did really well, three, wow. four seasons and a couple different um, leagues or um, teams. And when he got out, um, you know, he got married and had uh, his, his child and he has three boys. And he said, when I saw my first son, I was done with my former life. I'm a full-time dad. I don't want any people to know that I'm a former NFL star. He's focused on this, right? And he knows that there's so many kids, boys and girls who grew up without a father figure. And we started doing research on it. And you'll like this because we looked at like teen suicide, drug addiction, runaways, uh, kids in juvie, 60 to 90% of all those direct demographics, fatherless homes. And I'm looking at what, you know, Health and Human Services puts a lot of money into helping things. Like you said, they're, they're treating the symptoms, right? But we're starting to look at all the things in that one core element of not having a positive male role model is spilling over into all these ills of society. So we're doing a whole project, a book, a community, a website, outreach stuff. It's called The Present Dad, about being present. And uh, we're That's looking awesome. for help on that. So I'm going to I'm gonna. Yeah, I'll, I would love to help however I can. And while you're on the yeah. topic, uh, a friend of mine has an organization called Boys to Men Mentoring. Yep. Similar yeah. idea. He's part of the roundtable, too. So try nice. to help him, uh, you know, however we can. So, yeah, I would love to sync up with you on that. After. All right. You got it. That's a that's that's a date. We got it. Um, okay. In closing, we've got uh, oh, we've got cybersecurity. We've got nonprofit stuff. Um, what do you see the industry going in terms of cybersecurity? We'll get back to the that fun stuff in a minute. But like, it, do you see like it getting worse, better, different? I mean, 
I don't want to be, I like to be optimistic. Um, so there's a lot of things happening better, happening that are getting better. I don't know that cybersecurity threats are one of them. The, what's getting better is our ability to protect ourselves and getting more sophisticated as the bad actors are and how we handle and what we could do to prevent. Best thing is always preventive. You know, it's the it same is, but problem. I, I had the sense, I'm not, in, I'm not as deep as you, but I have the sense that from what I've read, like, oh, you know, dealing drugs was dangerous. This is much easier. Just go ahead and do some cyber crime. It seems like seems like it's a growth industry. If you were, if you were, a I forget person. what they. I was reading about like the average median um, salary of a hacker. It's pretty. It's pretty good. So they're not all ethical hackers. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> it is. It's pretty okay. high. It's pretty easy barrier to entry. There is some skill involved, but it's not hard to do. Thanks to some of us. So. <laughs> well, yeah, especially leaving leaving flash drives in the parking lot. It's like, ugh. but they yeah, still have right. to put the, the the worm out on there, of course, to make it work. I guess with the the malware. Um, and then any tips for people, anything they can walk around to help them prevent them from getting attacked or having that ransomware thing. What could you tell somebody now to help them out? I mean, awareness, education, have a plan, take, take, take a look at your environment, uh, reach out to somebody to maybe that has a little bit more expertise. You don't have to spend money, at least know what you're not, what you don't know and what you might not be doing so that you can create a roadmap. It doesn't have to be quick. Part of what we do is meet with our clients, uh, on every quarter, if not more to, say like, here's what we think you should do or where we could get to or our goals. And over two years, we'll get there. We'll do a little bit at a time. So it's not a huge or any right. financial investment. Right. So again, just don't don't say it's not me or like just look the other way. At least, at least acknowledge what you may or may not be doing that you can be and then figure out if you want to address it or not. But at least you know where the risk is uh, and yeah. you'll be better off that way. And your employees too, they don't, if you're not thinking about it, they're not thinking about it. And they may be at, putting you at risk in a way that you don't right. even know. So. Are those all... Those password machines, like LastPass, is that a good thing? Would they store them all for you? Easy answer is yes. There's all sorts of types and um, functionality and features and pricing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so you don't yeah. want to overpay. But um, Microsoft also, as far as what's happening in the future, they have a lot going on with uh, Office 365. And there's a lot in there also that you may not know is already included in your plan that you just may not right. be using that would actually increase your security and prevent you. So it's not even a money thing. It's just a matter of knowledge. Right. So Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then the last question is the biggest one is like, okay, so how do you, what's your perspective on um, big tech, you know, getting all of our data and following us around and all that? It's beyond pixels. It's I may not out. reflect the uh, opinions of my colleagues here, but I kind of just let it go and I give away a lot of information. <laughs> well, <laughs> giving it away is not the issue anymore. They track you whether your phone's on I or know. off. I've, or, I've done, I've said give in. I kind of like live yeah, and okay. let live. Um, yeah. I think it's going to happen anyway. That's my personal opinion. So I'm not going right. to sit there and fight it. I'd rather fight wars that I can have an impact on. That's a great um, answer. I like that one. I appreciate it. But uh, yeah. again, I, you know, everyone's got their own opinion and just take care of yourself and spread love. That's yeah. what matters. <laughs> love that. Good, good. Both cyber and nonprofit. It all goes together. It's all the same. Yeah, right, right. Live, live, move on. Focus on the, yeah. with, focus on the battles you have a chance of making a difference in. Of course, it makes total sense. 100%. Okay. Um, any any uh, any other uh, things you could offer anybody today? You go to RCS. You want to give your website out or something here? Sure. And one thing I didn't mention too. Um, so our website is rcsprofessional.com. We do a webinar a month on topics like this and others to try to educate and bring awareness. Uh, they're free. We love to have people. And that's under our events page. It's uh, rcsprofessional.com forward slash events. Okay. And I also run a great networking group with my colleague, Luke Van Every, uh, called the In This Together Roundtable, which I think, Doug, is where we met. So that's yes, awesome. Yes, it is. Yeah. 
Uh, and one of the things we do is we have networking every Tuesday, and we also have a link to podcast guests and hosts, uh, which I'm excited to add you to. So the link for that is in this together roundtable.com. Everybody's welcome. It's business networking, help each other, relationship focus group, free every Tuesday morning. So I just want to mention that Wonderful. too. Very good. Ezra Deutsch, RCS professional. Check them out, folks. They know what they're doing. They'll protect you and your family and your loved ones and your data from getting uh, getting hacked and ransom and all that jazz. This is Doug Crow, the author of Brand. Have a wonderful day. Don't forget to subscribe below for uh, free goodies from us.